Hey, what's up, family? Welcome to another live Q&A of yours. Truly hope y'all are doing well on this marvelous Monday. Hope you guys are moving in the right direction and building momentum to ensure that you begin um, to mold yourself, allow yourself to be molded, and to master your craft. But for those watching me for the very first time, my name is Josh Rezzi, also known as Coach Josh, and my goal is to help you make sense of your life and to help you grow holistically for God's optimal use. And after watching this video, like, man, I like this guy, that guy's vibe. Go ahead and subscribe because I would love to be a coach here online. But for those who's been rocking with me for a mighty long time, those who've been subscribed for whether it's been 13, 14 years, or 13 to 14 seconds ago, I want to say thank you so much for trusting what God has entrusted to me. And I pray it continues to be treasured to you. But as everyone is coming in live, let me let you guys know about some things I have going on, like my latest book, Facts Over Filling. It's a book to help you process your feelings, to find the facts behind them, so that you can get back to fulfilling the roles that God wants you to fulfill. This book is a great resource. I believe they help you really get to a place where you learn how to process your feelings quickly so that you can quickly get back to fulfilling your purpose in life. Also, I have another book called uh, The Wholeness Journal. It's a great book to help you process your ability to hold the important things of life. It's a great accountability resource to help you begin to become whole enough to hold what's important. If you're struggling with your singleness and you want to learn the purpose behind it or to learn how to maximize it, here's a great book here. If you're looking for a resource for your dating couple or even if you're just trying to date yourself and date God, great resource here that will help you process if you're able to be dateable when you date the love of your life forever. It's a great book of questions to either end the wrong relationship or extend the right one. If you're looking to learn how to discern what's in front of you, whether to see if it's from God or not, whether it's a counterfeit or counterpart, this is a great resource right here to help you be able to discern what's in front of you. If you're struggling with soul ties and strong codes, like, man, I want to learn how uh, to walk in my freedom and untie and uproot it uh, from individual situations that may have occurred, the great book here, if you have young people, third grade and up, third grade about seventh grade, and you want them to discover their art form, we have a cartoon characters that I think will be able to assist you all. Also, if you're looking to learn more about spiritual warfare and how to put on and operate the whole armor of God, here is a great book here. All these books, card games are available on my website, IamUnplugged.com. And if you're looking to support what I do, you can do that there as well. Let's get right here. I think I see some questions here. Uh, Lilo27, hey, hope you're well. And thank you for those who are new. Uh, we just posted the other day, uh, Sunday, that my wife and I are expecting uh, Ezzy number three. And so we're excited about our new addition to our family. My wife is pregnant and uh, she is due, or the baby is due, my wife is due, baby is due, November 1st. So we're excited about it. So thank you all for y'all support, man. Thousands, well, a couple of thousand people, man, reached out, showed they share their love. So that's, 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 I appreciate y'all for that. Uh, Jazz, what's up? He said, yo, my guy, hope you well, family. Kiddos in the building. Hey, girl. Portia says, coach, congratulations again. Thank you so much. I appreciate that. Jojo Davis says, what's up, coach Josh? It's Jojo out of Fort Worth. How do I let my past mistakes go and continue to be the new person God has made me to be? 
Uh, the Bible says that he forgets our sins as far as the east is from the west. You also have to understand that any mistake is worth making if you're willing to learn from it. My philosophy has always been wins and lessons, not wins and losses. All you have to, also you have to understand that with every mess, there's a potential message. And so the goal is to have a goal forward, not to worry about the goals you missed previously, right? And so how do you let your past go? Number one, you have to understand that your past is a place of reference, not a place of residence. A lot of people, they reside in their past. It's affecting their present and shrinking the opportunities of their potential or their purpose. Your past is a place of reference, not a residence. When I look back at my past, there's nothing in my past that's affecting me emotionally now, especially when it comes to mistakes, because I've learned from them. Any mistake is worth making if you plan to um, uh, make something from that. Number two, you got to begin to say, you know what, God, I'm going to acknowledge what you want me to do now. What do you want me to do now? Because when you begin to process what God wants you to do now, you will be too distracted in the present to be worrying about the past. Uh, number three, you got to make sure that you allow God to secure your insecurities. Because the reason why many of us are still present in our past is because we're insecure or we don't really believe that the God in us, I or God, the Holy Spirit in us is able to guide us into better versions of ourselves. And last but not least, you got to change the way you think. Or in other words, change the way you remember. Change the way you think. Don't allow your thoughts to be affected by what may have happened in your past. I'm telling you right now, the past is beautiful because right now I'm creating a better past. No matter what has passed by or what has passed over or whatever it is in my past, right now I have the opportunity to create a better past. So as time passed by, maximize the time now so that your new past will be better than your old past. And so you also got to understand that all things work together for the good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. As long as you love God and you're willing to pursue his purpose, all those things will be uh, uh, changed and <clears throat> uh, turned around for your good. So you have to look into the image of Christ and begin to say, that's the mold that God is making me into and enjoy the process, my friend. Hope to help. Golden Christian says, hey, coach. What exactly is the unforgivable sin and what advice do you give to those who are afraid that they have committed uh, the unforgivable sin like myself? You don't have to worry about that. That was a, a thing that happened many years ago, maybe 15 years ago, where people were going around making people blaspheme the Holy Ghost. Blaspheme the Holy Ghost is not the fruit of the lips. It's the unresisted, uh, the, uh, the resistance of the heart to allow the Holy Spirit to be a part. Right? So the unforgivable sin is when someone is so much in pride, they're so much caught up that no matter what the Holy Spirit may have done, no matter what the evidences are, they blaspheme the potential work of the Holy Spirit in their life. And so there's a lot of things that you can say out of your mouth, but you was immature. God is too gracious to, to hold what you may have said in immaturity against you. God is too gracious for that. The unforgivable sin is the consistent and the persistent resistance against the persistent work of the Holy Spirit in one's life to give them a better existence. That's the unforgivable sin, but not what you said out of your mouth years ago. So what you got to do is repent for it. Repent for what you may have done back then. Renounce all type of demonic spirits that may have been associated with the tormenting of the initial act and then begin to embrace the renewed life of Christ 
do based upon his imputed righteousness upon you, then now you can stand before the God right and right standing eternally so that you can become deliver righteous life in this earthly realm. Hope to help, fam. Bethel Green says, hey, coach, how do I know when the Holy Spirit is speaking? Great question. Um, the greatest way to, to ensure that you can hear when the Holy Spirit speak is number one, uh, make sure that you begin to allow the scriptures to read you. Make time to read your scriptures and allow the scriptures to read you. What I mean by that is, as faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God, faith in hearing the Holy Spirit comes from hearing the word of God. And the word of God has a way of reading you so that you can begin to change, so that you can be able to be made new, right? Secondly, is to begin to remove any and everything that may be a competitive noise to the sound or the speaking of the Holy Spirit. The more sensitive your life is, the more sensitive your spirit is, the more you begin to recognize the Holy Spirit of God. So there's a lot of prerequisite things you must do that will position you to have better ability to hear what the Holy Spirit will say to you, right? So number one, you got to ask yourself, do I read the word? Because the Holy Spirit has already spoken through the hands of many men that were co contributors to the writing of God's word. What I will start with saying, start reading Proverbs or start getting into the book of James and, and begin to just take some time to meditate on God's word. That right there begins to make you hide God's word in your heart that you might not sin against him because sin separates and sin puts you in a position where you begin to hear more of your flesh then what's best in you, and that's the Spirit of God in you. Then you begin to remove any and everything that may be a contradictory sound or noise against the Spirit of God speaking in your life. And I have a book that I think will help you better understand how the Holy Spirit speaks, and that's the Counterfeit or Counterpart, How to Continue to Discern the Will of God in Every Area of Your Life. This book will show you how God confirms things in your life, how God speaks in a person's life. It'll be a great resource, I think, for your life so that you begin to not only do the prerequisites and to position yourself to hear from the Holy Spirit, but also create the patterns going forward that will keep you sensitive while he speaks. For instance, God, the Holy Spirit can speak uh, through conviction, through unctions in your spirit. Um, I tell people there's three parts of you. Um, there's your brain, there's your heart, and there's your belly. The Holy Spirit's going to speak from that that deep inner in you. Like my brother, Coach Melio, Shanana, that, that place deep inside of your belly, that he will speak from you, right? Uh, he'll also speak through people. Uh, he'll also speak, he can speak through commercial. He can speak through many different ways. But if you are not sensitive enough to the Holy Spirit and in fellowship with him, it's going to be hard to hear how he speaks. But make sure you get this book right here. I think it'd be a great resource for you. Or anyone that may need this resource as well. Kimberly Giles says, dang, you went off the author. Yeah, man, I got nine books. Nine books, man. And I'm working on book 10. I probably, uh, 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 once I'm out of the school, probably start writing, finishing that book this summer. But I'm, I'm halt between two books right now. And I'm just waiting for the Holy Spirit to give me clearance on what, what he wants me to write. But that's nine books. Uh, well, eight that I showed you all. I got to get a graphic for my first book unplugged. But yeah, nine books, man. And I'm working on book number 10. Divinely pressed. Uh, predestined. Hey, how you doing? Michelle Miller, what's going on? Hope you well. And thank you all so much. It's an honor, man. I'm excited uh, uh, for the new baby that's coming in. And the Ezzies are, 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 are bringing a, 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 a baby into this world. Uh, thank you so much. Thank you all. I appreciate all the love. <clears throat> 
Jan says, what has, what was the latest thing that you personally learned for yourself, coach? Um, man, that's a good question. What was the last thing that I've learned in life? I think you're saying. Hmm. What was that? Um, let me process it. Um, man, like the last big lesson that I've learned in life. Um, I think the biggest, biggest lesson that I've learned, the last biggest lesson is simply going with the flow of God. That's the biggest lesson I've learned. The beauty of flowing with God, not worrying about tomorrow, not worrying about the next hour, not worrying about the evening, not worrying about tomorrow morning, but being present. I think that's one of the biggest lessons that I've learned so far is learning how to be present and be in step with God. The Bible says the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, not the path. Don't get me wrong. The Holy Spirit, the word of God does say he make a crooked path straight. But as a crooked path has be, is being made straight, simultaneously he's guiding my steps. That every step that I take, he's guiding it. And, and I have to trust that he's guiding me. And that's the biggest lesson is not uh, to get caught up on when promotion is going to come or when money is going to come, which I don't worry about that stuff. But I'm saying that I'm not worried about if my ministry takes off. I'm not worrying about the next viral video. I'm not worrying about uh, traveling again. I'm not worried about that stuff. All I'm concerned with is being so sensitive to the Holy Spirit of God that he guides my steps. I think that's the biggest lesson I've learned. Latest biggest lesson. I probably learned some lessons periodically. Uh, but that's the one that comes to my mind first off that I've been really chewing on the last couple of years or so. Good question, y'all. Thank y'all. For trusting them with me. Thank you so much. Everyone's congratulating me. Thank you so much. We're excited. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Natasha Paul says, how do I know that I'm following God's will? If what I'm doing is according to what God wants for my life. Great question. Um, one thing that I've that I've learned in my life walking with the Lord is that anytime that I ask uh, 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 or check in to ensure that I'm in God's will, he answers. The one prayer that you're guaranteed to get an answer from is a heart that genuinely prays or desires to be in the will of God. God will show that because that's a heart that really wants to do the work of God, right? And so <clears throat> I won't get so caught up in focusing on if you're uh, going to fulfill his will. I will focus on just simply fellowshipping with him often. What helps me go with the flow of God is realizing that he's omnipresent and fellowship with him in every moment. Just like Siri is, is on standby, just like uh, Amazon Echo's on standby, there's a greater system, not a system, but a person that's a billion times greater than those devices that's on standby, that's present. That all you gotta do is say, Holy Spirit, what should I do right now? Holy Spirit, what's my next turn? Holy Spirit, what's the direction that I need to go? And tap into that presence. The Bible says, trust in the Lord with all your heart. So number one, you got to ask yourself, what part of my heart does not trust God? Because whatever part of your heart that doesn't trust God will not follow God or will be the direct thing that will come against you following through with God. So you have to trust in the Lord with all your heart. 
Lean not to understandings. You got to say, okay, am I trying to lean on what I think the will of God is? Or or because I think we made this following God more complicated than what it needs to be. It's all about fellowshipping. It's all about getting to know him. It's all about spending time with him. And then as you begin to spend time with God, things begin to fall off of you. Your spirit becomes more sensitive. And then you're able to really begin to follow God, right? Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Number one, trust in the Lord. Lord, now trust in the Savior. People love Jesus to be their savior. Everybody wants to get out of hell free car, but nobody wants God to be the Lord over their life. You got to completely relinquish your life in order to fulfill his purpose because anything that becomes Lord over your life will determine how you are going to be led. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not into understanding, but in all your ways. In all your ways. Ways as far as direction and ways in regards to uh, uh, attitudes. I got to acknowledge, is this the way of God, the way I'm feeling? Is this the way that I should feel? Is this the way I should think? Is this the way that I should be uh, um, perceiving? And is this the way that I should go? Constant acknowledgement means that you realize that you are not full of knowledge. You don't know everything. So what I do, I acknowledge God all the time. God, is this what you want me to do? What do you think about this book idea? Is this the one you want me to write? Is this what you want me to do? Uh, uh, how, God, did I, did I respond to my coworker the right way? Did I respond to that student the right way? Lord, open the door for me to be able to come through the back door to be able to reach that kid or whatever. I acknowledge him in all of my ways, personal ways and directive ways. Trust no one, I don't lean into understanding, but all your ways acknowledge him and he'll direct your paths. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. I think when we focus so much on our worship, when we focus more on our worship, then we'll begin to find the will. But in order to find the will, I got to worship God in spirit and in truth. And I have to be willing to give God the will of my life and let me and let him drive me through. I can't give you answers specifically to you until I give you the prerequisite things you must do to position yourself to follow through. Hope to help. The king advice says, hey, brother, I'm in a courtship with a beautiful woman of God. We use terms of endearment like baby and bae. Is this appropriate? I mean, it depends. It depends. Uh, courtship and dating are different. Dating is just trying to make time to spend time. Courtship says I have purpose for my time with this person. Courtship is I already got clearance from God that this is the one. Because what you need to do before you begin to get into courtship is to make sure that you've been cleared. That the man has been cleared by God to pursue the woman and the woman has been cleared by God to allow herself to be pursued. That clearance then sets the stage for confirmation. Confirmation then sets the stage for you for to be committed because you know that God confirmed this one for you and it's the best person option he has for you going down this journey. Then I think endearments like that can be profitable and beneficial and okay because you got the okay from God, right? If you don't have no okay from God, then I'll be very careful on the types of endearments. I don't think bay and babe is, is bad, but I think it becomes bad because those names begin to create bonds. And when bonds are made without the bond the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit just ain't just going to bond together two people that he didn't ordain unless those people begin to repent and renounce and they although they are already married they allow the holy spirit to redeem and make it work <clears throat> but to 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 avoid uh, uh working unnecessarily you got to make sure you take the necessary time to see if god it wants you even doing this so that you can avoid the bonds that are made through certain endearments hope to help
PTL says, Coach, I applied a schedule for Life Coach. Let me know when you check it out. I sure will. Everyone that wants one-on-one coaching, let me post that. I keep forgetting about posting that. If you need one-on-one coaching, start putting your emails in now for the summer. Let me know your budget because right now school is about to end for me in about three weeks. And then, uh, Lord willing, I'll be getting back into life coaching. I thought I was going to have some time this spring. Work picked up, and that's just what it is. So if you need one-on-one coaching, my brother, make sure um, you just put your, I know your name, but just put your information there, and I'll make sure I make time for those that I feel led God wants me to make time for. Or just simply just kind of just see what he uh, wants me to do in that regard. Thank you so much, Mindy, and thank you for watching from Florida. Lilo27 says, hey, coach, my life is entrenched with family and cultural traditions that often tied with getting blessings. How to steward finance when there are family and cultural expectations without it impacting me? Great question. Hey, coach, my life is entrenched with family and cultural traditions that often tied with getting blessings. How to steward finances when they are family and cultural expectations without it impacting me? Well... You owe nobody no expectation. You, you owe nobody nothing. No, no, let me rephrase that. You owe nobody nothing. Like, at the end of the day, Jesus is the Lord over your life, not your family. And so the Bible talks about that he came to be a sword, to separate mother from daughter, father from son. Because when you follow the son, not too many people are going to want you to be their son or their daughter anymore. Because they don't. They, their cultural traditions are their God. And, and, and sometimes you just got to say, okay, I got to make sure that my life is anchored in what the word of God says a blessed person is that, that will garner certain blessings. And that boils down to stewardship, right? Uh, uh, so that's what I would think that the only thing that you have to measure yourself by uh, is the word of God. I think I'm getting your question correct. Let me see if you post anything extra to give me a little bit more insight. Because, you know, I'm a guy of words and words really help me gather um, and really the Holy Spirit utilizes that skill of mine to really get uh, um, things out to you. Uh, my life is entrenched with family and cultural traditions and often tied to getting blessings. Uh, how to steward finances when they are family and cultural expectation without it impacting me. Lilo, please give me a little bit more clarity. Is it that they're uh, just give me more clarity about your question? Because I I can go 14 different directions in this and I want to make sure. Please, I think I'm going to see if you got a new comment here. Uh, I haven't seen it. But Lilo, please, please, if you're watching right now, give me uh, a little bit more clarity on what you mean by that so I can answer your question. Thank you, Erica. I appreciate it. Thank y'all. Thank y'all. Thank y'all so much for your love and support for my wife and I. We're excited to bring uh, um, a new baby into this into this world. Jessica John says, hey, coach, how to encourage my man to have an uncomfortable conversation? It is a situation that keeps coming up. Please, anyone help me. Great question, Jessica. Well, anytime when it comes to difficult conversations, I often give the analogy of the spicy chicken sandwich. Um, because anytime you tell a man, let's talk, right? Um, alarms go off, right? Uh, things begin to uh, put up, uh, they begin to put up their defenses and then they begin to be defensive, right? You also have a, uh, some more things. It's a situation that ha happened with my siblings for a little context, okay? <clears throat> Now, let's, let's do this again. So now that I get got some better understanding. Jessica John says, hey, coach, how to encourage my man to have an uncomfortable conversation? It is a situation that keeps coming up. Um, you were talking about it's a situation that happened with my siblings. Right. So what I will tell you is this, is that 
Um, in order to have an uncomfortable conversation with individual, you have to have that conversation in a comfortable environment for that individual. You have to make them as comfortable as possible. And what I mean by that is this. You got to make sure that, number one, that you take some of the steam off. The beautiful thing about relationships is it's not just two people in it. The Holy Spirit is in it. And the Holy Spirit is a great resource in relationships. Now, anytime that I'm upset with my wife, I channel that heat or that or whatever through the Holy Spirit. Before it gets to her, it goes through the spirit of God, because when I through, when I bring it through the spirit of God, then I, it gives me opportunity to vent. It gives me opportunity to remove all dents and it gives me an opportunity to be able to when I do go to her, that I'm not too uh, uh, heavy with my vent. Right. That I vent through him first so that I can gain better perspective. Now, how does that look? It's basically Holy Spirit. I'm upset. I'm bothered by this. I need your help into communicating this with this man. I need your support. I need your guidance. Or just simply just say, you know what? Vent out exactly what you upset with that gentleman about. Just vent. Just, just clear the air. Then get on a sheet of paper exactly what you want to communicate with the individual. Because after you vent, then you can be sent. But if you're sent before the vent, then you're going to vent too much on him. And then he's going to end up with dents. And then this, then he's going to go about, it's just going to cause unnecessary uh, 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 conflict, right? So now if it's a conversation about your siblings, then you have to begin to communicate. Okay, let me make sure I understand everything in context. What exactly happened, right? Let me make sure I process this alone so I can see the hidden truths that were hidden behind my feelings, right? If a situation that keeps coming up, now I can understand why it's time to have a conversation. And this is how you have a conversation with him. Where and what makes him the most comfortable? And before that you critique, I call it a spicy chicken sandwich. So before you give him the heat, the spicy chicken, which is the conflict or the concern, you got to begin to start it with, with the, a compliment that's the bun. There's two buns in between the spicy chicken sandwich. The buns kind of make sure there's some softness uh, to the blow, to the heat, etc. Add some pickles on there if you like. But the bun, the first bun is something that you can celebrate about him. Before you even celebrate, you have to gauge how spicy the situation is. Now, if this is a red flag, and if this is something that's really red flag and you're not married, then that may be something to consider to see if this even what you need to be in. So when you said that's your man, I didn't know if that was your husband or just your man. So if you have no ring on your left hand, then you got to examine the red flags that's waving behind the man to make sure that's even a part of God's plan for you to be walking with, right? So that's number one. But if this is your husband and this is a man that's that that you may be courting or may that may be courting you that hasn't really spawned anything huge that will make him problematic, then you got to come in celebratory. Celebrate him before you come. come, come uh, uh, well, number one, you got to make him comfortable. Find something comfortable to do. Take him out to eat. Get something to eat. Watch the game with him or something like that. And, and, and I'm not saying in between timeouts you communicate your concern. But when you find, as you channel through the Holy Spirit, the right time, the thing that I'm going to tell you to do this is, especially if you got the Spirit of God in y'all's union, I will say, Holy Spirit, after you done vent, 
Tell the Holy Spirit to set up the right scenario before you sent. And then you'll find the right moment when he's comfortable and the Holy Spirit has cleared up all the rocks in his heart, has cleared up all of the whatever in his spirit so that he'll be receptive. Then you come in with a compliment. Babe, I really like that you that you are good at finance, that you're a great steward. I really appreciate that. I, I appreciate the man that you are. But there was an incident between you and my sister that bothered me. But I know, I know you may have, you may be frustrated right now. You may be really trying to fight for me and you're really trying to, but, but it really bothered me, babe. You have a greater chance to get a greater response off of celebrate, critique, celebrate than you would just venting and, and whatever. And I think that will help you guys in this situation. I hope that helped. Thank you so much, Greg. We appreciate it. Jess says, do you think Jesus always knew he was a son of God at a young age? Or did he gradually learn he was son of God as he got older? Um, he knew he was son of God because Christ was slain before the foundation of the world. As he was a baby boy, he knew. You even you even see evidence that at 12, when his parents went about two or three days journey and realized Jesus wasn't with them. Then they went back to go find him and found him in a synagogue, teaching and and causing the Pharisees and Sanhedrin's to, to be astounded by the wisdom. And when the parents asked him, he said, uh, don't you know that I'm about my father's business? So he knew even at 12 at a young age who he was because he was about his father's business and he was one with his father. I hope they help family. Thank you, Tiffany. God gets the glory. Um, Jacob Davis says thoughts on the vanity of this world. All the markets are down and all the stocks and cryptos are down. Focus on eternal things. Great. Uh, yeah, man. Like for me, man, I told a young lady the other day uh, uh, that was kind of uh, bothered by or just anxious. Right. Um, I said, when your soul is anchored in eternity and your soul is anchored in God, nothing in this earth realm can move you or should move you. The Bible talks about in the last days, people's hearts will faint, fail them because of fear. A lot of people are going to be afraid of what's about to come. That's why it's important right now to start investing in your relationship with God, because it doesn't matter what happens to the stocks, the crypto or the dollar. It ain't got nothing. It doesn't bother God. <clears throat> God's not bothered by what's happening with the dollar. He's not bothered. He's not going psycho because of what's happening with the crypto. He's not blocked based upon what happens in the stocks. That's not him. So if you're anchored in him, it doesn't matter what happens. God would take care of those. And so I think it's time for all of us to unplug from the world. The Bible says, love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man or woman loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world is the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, the pride of life. Those three things keeps one's souls anchored into this world. But those who have been redeemed, renewed, and have, have repentant hearts, hearts that are made of flesh that was once hearts of stone, are able to see things beyond what we face now. And their hope is not in this earth realm money or whatever whatever's in the markets it's about proclaiming god in the marketplace beaming with joy beaming with love being with peace those are three things that people are going to be looking for in these tough times so we must always focus on eternity because eternity is unaffected by this earth realm great comment bro the king advisor says, man, you are truly blessed, man. Please be encouraged and continue walking with our father. Sure will, my brother. And you do the same as we serve the same king, bro. Um, let me see if Lilo said anything else. She didn't come back. 
Michelle H says, Coach, how do I choose a good church? I just started my walk with God. Great, great. Stay walking with him, my friend. Um, the goal is not for you to choose a church, but for the Holy Spirit to choose your church. The Holy Spirit is not giving the opportunity just to fellowship with him. There's no pressure to find a church right now. Uh, the Holy Spirit will guide you into the right church. Because what I don't want to happen is the zeal that you have for God is what's leading you into wolves' dens. Okay, there's a lot of counterfeit churches out there, churches full of devil worshipers uh, from the top down. Right. And so a lot of people have a lot of zeal and that zeal caused them to be broken beyond the ability to be healed in some cases because they were so zealous about things of God, but didn't understand the fundamental under, uh, principles in regards to developing a personal relationship with God, which I think I'm going to work on a book on that, on how to develop a personal relationship with God, because a lot of people don't know how to develop a one on one relationship with God. So that they can look at the pastor in the church as a resource and not the source, if that helps. So continue to spend time with God, uh, uh, petition the Lord and say, Holy Spirit, show me um, the right church home. And then begin to just be led by your spirit of God, by the spirit of God. You'll be surprised what pops up on your YouTube uh, um, home screen or whatever and, and begin. But I, what the best thing to do is start uh, chopping through, piercing through. The word of God for yourself and learn the word, learn your relationship with God by yourself so that you can develop the sensitivity you need that when you begin to enter these different arenas corporately, you'll begin to know how to interact with the body of Christ and be placed inside the right church. Hope that helps. Daughter of Zion says, very edifying, loving, knowing the most high will in our lives is important, especially it sure is. I got time for a few, uh, maybe two more and I'm done, y'all. Oh, it's 847. I got to go. Miguel says, bro, you are having a kid. I know, man. It's crazy. I'm excited. I'm excited. Jessica John says, I love what you're saying so far. God gets the glory. Jessica J says, he has been courting me since July of last year. God told him that I told him and I that we're each other's husband and wife. Actually, when do you start coaching? I start in June. If you would love for me to do a relationship coaching with you all, I would love to do so. Let me know. I do all forms of coaching. I do uh, relationship coaching, spiritual coaching, spiritual development, singleness coaching, purpose, and marketing, branding, and business uh, coaching as well. Um, so definitely let me know how I can serve. I would appreciate to hear from you and to get your godly advice on this matter. Yeah, just submit all your emails. Just submit the emails. Go to my website, imunplugged.com. Let me post that real quickly. Uh, if I got the web, yeah, my website right here. You can go to imunplugged.com and under the custom coaching tab, there's a section for you to be able to select um, your coaching, your coaching needs. Dominique says, Dominique says, if I'm fasting about a guy and guy hasn't confirmed it, should I forget about it? I really want to know if he's the one. I'm also not attracted to him, but he's a good guy. Well, let me help you out, my friend. You have to understand that fasting is not about getting an answer. Fasting is about getting closer to the answer. Therefore, everything will be answered, right? You never want to fast for a guy or uh, or for a girl, for other guys that's watching. Um, number one, that's number one. Fasting is meant for you to... to to be more sensitive, to be more set apart, um, to be more in tune with the Holy Spirit so that you could be a little bit more lighter 
and following him higher, right? Because what you don't want to happen is that you get so emotional in the fast that you get mad at God because God ain't answered fast enough, but you did the fast wrong, right? Next, you say, I really want to know if he's the one. Well, you have to always begin to process your, your heart for the one. If your heart loves the one more than the one, capital O, then you're not going to be the one you need to be for the one that you're praying for. So before you begin to worry about or concern yourself about the one, you got to ask yourself, what can I offer anyone? Can I offer anyone anything? And then you will begin to develop you into the individuals able to offer more to the table than looks or whatever. I'm not saying that's you, but hear me for anyone else that may be listening into this discord. Because when you begin to process, am I it for the one, then you will look at fasting or you will look at spiritual disciplines more and being preparatory than petitioning about the one that you may want in your life. And the second thing is you said you're not even attractive to him. He's a good guy. Um, listen, you have to understand attraction. Um, God created things beautiful in their time. God created things to be uniquely tailored in the beauty of the eye of the beholder. And if you can't behold beauty or handsomeness in the individual that you are beholding, then how will you be held and how will you be able to hold the individual throughout the different uh, ebbs and flows of life? That doesn't mean that physical attraction is the only form of attraction that a person should be after. We're talking about holistic attraction. Therefore, physical attraction is some part, one third, one fourth of all attractions. So if you're not really really attracted to him physically, even though he's a good guy, even though that this good part of the good guy uh, probably weighs more than physical attraction, you got to say, uh, uh, how much am I not attracted to him? If he's a one on a scale of what you are default intuitively attracted to physically, then you're setting yourself up for more harm and you'll begin to start making yourself faking it until you're making it with the individual that has not been made in the image by which you are attracted to. So you don't want to get so caught up that he's a good guy. We got to look at, is he attractive holistically? So don't get me wrong. I'm not saying saying that if he's a six or seven on your list, eight or nine, then then cool. That may be someone in the, in in due time. But if that person, you just like, man, I am not attracted to him at all. But the only reason why I'm entertaining him is because of my desperation. Then you got to check your dependency. You got to check if I, if you are truly dependent on God, because sometimes attractions will make you desperate, or your desperation will make you attracted to anything, just so that you can have someone. And it's better to have the one than someone, but the goal is to be that someone for that someone. So don't look at fasting as an opportunity to get something fast to you. Make sure that you are using fasting as a spiritual tool of discipline to get you into deeper fellowship with God so that you can be someone that lasts versus someone that gets things fast, right? Hope to help. I'm checked out. That's it. Holy Spirit said that's it. Thank y'all so much uh, for, for trusting me with your questions today. I kind of honor that you all will, uh, 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 that sees that you guys see me as a resource, um, to answer your questions. I kind of honor I'm back in rhythm. My goals start to do these a little bit more. Um, so I hope you guys were blessed by this. Uh, check out, uh, some things that I have like my latest book facts over feelings. If you want to learn more about how to, uh, process your feelings to find the facts behind them so that you can get back to fulfilling your purpose of fulfilling your roles in various people's lives. Here's a great book that will help you uh, uh, keep your uh, uh, self stabilized. Uh, also, if you're looking for a book to help you hold, like the Holiness Journal is part two of my book, The Purpose of Singleness, is a great resource to help you 
begin to hold to it says if you're whole enough to hold the important things of life, great resource there. If you want to learn the purpose of your singleness and how to maximize it so that you can utilize what you learn in it in a marriage so they can thrive or next phase of your life. Great book here to help you understand the purpose of your singleness. If you're looking for a book to help you date God, date yourself and become dateable so that you can date the love of your life forever, here's a great resource. Here also is a ton of questions, maybe 100 or two, maybe 150 questions in here that will either help you end the wrong relationship or extend the right one. If you're looking for a book to help you determine whether or not that man, woman, job, opportunity, counsel is a counterfeit or a counterpart, here's a great book to help you find out what's really supposed to play a part in your life. If you want to learn how to untie soul ties and uproot strongholds, here's a great book here. If you have children third grade and up, great book there. If you'll learn about spiritual warfare, how to overcome uh, demonic attacks and how to utilize spiritual uh, uh, whole armor of God. Great resource here. Also, if you just want to simply want to give to us what I do and you're like, hey, man, I like what this guy's doing. I, I, I want to support what he does with the school systems and just support his channel. You can do that here. I'll post the links in the, in the comments here. If you want to support what I do, my wife and I will appreciate your generosity in advance. I love you all. I pray that y'all was blessed by this. I pray that y'all got a lot out of this, and I'll see y'all next time. Peace.